Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 230. Another wonderful college football weekend. and Well, maybe, maybe not so wonderful. But it was a college football weekend. It was a college football weekend. There you go. And, and those are always good to have because we have so few of them every year. We could, we could have less. <laughs> All right, so on today's show, we're going to give you our uh, college football week two recap. We, uh, we're calling it the starting 11 for right now. That might change, but who knows. And we're also going to discuss the big game previews for next weekend. Before we jump into all that, though, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And you can also get up with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash everything. Or you could find literally everything that you need to about us over at winningcureseverything.com. The YouTube, the, the podcasts, all of that stuff is up over there, easy to find, all labeled very nicely, winningcureseverything.com. If you are not following us on YouTube... You should do that because there are some crazy people in the comments over there. Holy mackerel. All right, let's jump into this recap. All right, college football week two recap. The starting 11, we'll call it. It's 11 topics that we are going to draft out. We're not going to do the timer, okay? Because I figured out last week that some of these only took like 30 seconds and some took a little longer than two minutes. But here's the thing. We just got to fit it into the window. Well, well, we'll see how it fits in the window. Yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that later. The show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can watch and wager on games at any of Tunica's five, soon to be six, incredible sports books. Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, soon to be the Fitz Casino. You can get more information over at tunicatravel.com. You can get all of our picks at winningcureseverything.com. Let's jump into this bad boy. Uh, you want to go first? You want to draft first? Mm, do I want to? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you, I do, you I run do in wanna, first. I do want to go first. My number one takeaway from this Saturday, this week of college football that we experienced is college football is broken. Not just college football. All football is broken. It has a broken rule, and it has to change, and it refuses to change itself. The rule I'm talking about is the – Fumble out of the end zone rule. If you watch the Clemson A&M game, this is not the first time we've talked about this, and it won't which was be a the fantastic game, by the way. That that is absolutely taken away from A&M having a shot to win this thing. Well, it's, explain from, it to me. Like they they drive like ninety nine and and you know nine tenths of the field. Yep, and and then you fumble. Out of the end zone, and and it didn't even look like it was a fumble out of the end zone. That's right. Like that's why Jimbo was so mad. So here's here's my problem. They called the rule right. Problem. I I don't know if it went out of the end zone or not. But either way, here whether it was right or wrong, the rule is wrong. And my my and everybody keeps saying, oh well, we need to make it to where it's not such a big penalty. Uh, Rich Eisen came out on Twitter and said, move it back to the twenty. Like, yes, give the offense the ball in the 20, not the defense the ball in the 20. So, like, make it like a reverse touchback. Somebody else um, came out and said that they think it should go back to the original line of scrimmage. This is where you're all wrong. You're all wrong. You play the game a 100-yard field, okay? You change a rule based on what happens at an imaginary point in the field. 
And that's wrong. If you fumble the ball from the 30 to the 27 out of bounds, it goes back to – turn my phone off. It goes, <laughs> it goes back to the, the 30 where you yeah. fumbled it because the rule is you cannot fumble the ball forward. But when you get into the end zone area – if you fumble it forward and it goes out of the end zone, they all of a sudden make this magical rule that somehow changes everything. Why does it not go back to the place where they fought the, the original fumble occurred? The same rule already happens. You cannot fumble it forward. The player fumbled it. It went out of bounds. Nobody recovered it. So, therefore, it goes back to where it was originally fumbled, and you start play from there. Whether yeah. it be first down, fourth down, third down, whatever the situation, whatever the scenario, that's where the line of scrimmage now starts because it goes back to where you fumbled it. You cannot fumble the ball forward. This is not a hard thing to fix. We no. don't need to recreate new rules and make it more complicated than it already is. I agree with you. And I knew I, I was watching that game and immediately because you and I talked about that this summer. We've talked about it every year because yeah. every year this is going to happen. It's going to happen in the NFL. It's going to happen all the time, and it really ticks me off. Yeah, I can uh, I can understand. I can understand. Um, aside from that, A&M did get a three and out, and they did get the ball back, and they did drive down the field, yep. and they scored, and they didn't get the two-point conversion. But this looks like a pretty good A&M team. No, like, A&M looked good. They looked impressive. Um, Jimbo's got that thing rolling. The defense of Clemson is good, but but they're not Man, perfect. They, they're not. That's Kellen Mond threw for 355 yards in the second half. That's the most in a half ever by a Dabo Sweeney coach team. Um, I, look, I, I can't – A&M's got players. Like, and Kellen Mond can throw the football. I was surprised. The, uh, the Rodgers kid for A&M, the wide receiver – Yep. Looks like the Predator. He is frightening, and he is awesome. It was it was a really exciting game. Yeah, it and was I great. Just great hate, atmosphere. I hate that we 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 end a great game. One of the few, there was only like three or four really good games to watch all, all Saturday. Out of the 80-something games that were played, three good ones, okay? This is one of the good ones, and it ends because we've got some bullcrap rule that nobody – can explain or it makes sense of. Well, it didn't end because of the rule, but it didn't help things. I'm going to tell we'll you this. The, the fumble happened. If the fumble doesn't happen and they kick a field goal, okay, let's say they don't get the touchdown. Clemson's defense is unbelievable. Let's just give them the field goal, okay? If, and then if they get the another rule, three and out. And, they and then, the, they, then they kick off. They get the three and out that they got when they punt it. Now they do. probably have to get less field than they had to that time because instead of punting and being on, they kick off. Now they get three and out. They go. They score the same way they score. They don't even need the extra point. They still win the game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it changes. You're right. It completely changes things. Really pisses me off to take a win away from a team that did everything right. Yeah. Um, let's jump into number two. November 1986. How old were you in November 1986? Four. Four. Okay. I was three. I was, I was about to turn four. Uh, since then, Kentucky had lost 31 straight times to Florida. 27-16 to 16 last night, Kentucky ran for 303 yards and pretty much dominated the line of scrimmage. It was impressive to watch. I ask you this. 
If something bananas goes on in the Georgia game with Kentucky, could this Kentucky team win the SEC East? No. No. That might be asking a bit much, right? No. You're, I got a little fired up you're last working, night. You're working under assumption that – so so my take on this, which which you've you've given, you've taken out, that's fine. You, you got the Florida-Kentucky game. My take was football karma is real, and it has just taken eight years for us to realize that Urban Meyer left a cancer living in Florida. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what coach you put there. They can't figure this thing out. Something bad is going on, um, and, and I, I can't explain it. I think Dan Mullins is a good coach. I They got outplayed, and they didn't look like they were ready for, for Kentucky. I agree. I think he got outcoached. That doesn't happen a lot with Dan. Dan is – I like to make fun of him. I like to mock him and pick on him. I'm not a huge fan of his. He's still a really good coach. I could not figure out why this line – obviously, this is one of my gambling wins. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out why the line – was 14 and a half. Three of the last four years, it has been a it's always, possession it's, game. It's been close no matter what the situation yeah. was. Yeah. And so, and it didn't matter if it was in Gainesville or not. Like, and I, Felipe Franks. I mean, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I can't explain. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain. All last year, everyone kept telling me, this guy's a stud. I need to see it. Never saw it. Started this season. All Florida's going to be good. Dan Mullins could make anybody a good quarterback, and Felipe Franks is already a stud. I, I just don't know where we get this. He's a stud. I don't he's, know. He's just a dude. Yeah, he's he's a dude. He he was a stud recruit coming in, yeah. and then nothing happened with him. Uh, what's your number three? So the next one I'm going to go with is if you are an FBS team, if you are a power program, and you play an FCS school, or – one of these bullcrap non-FBS schools that nobody cares about, i.e., I'm going to take out, like, Oregon State and Rutgers. Are you talking about power conference teams? Or? No, no, no. If, if, you're, if you're a big boy, let me just okay. get to this. Okay, if you're a big boy. Then, you're, then your stats against FCS and these little high school teams should not count. They should not matter. The record should not show in the game, in, in the final season at all. And it should never be spoken of. Yesterday, I watched, and ESPN continued to play highlights of LSU beating up a high school team and Wisconsin beating up a high school team and all of these big schools over and over and over again. And I just don't care. And as soon as I see Wisconsin highlight coming up, I change the channel. I'm not giving you my business. I'm not giving you – I'm not watching these games. I'm not paying attention to them. I don't – other than this point right here, I'm never going to speak of them. When when I'm trying to figure out who's the Heisman Trophy winner, I'm going to subtract all of the stats that you created against these bullcrap programs. I disagree with these games vehemently. I don't want anything to do with them. Ohio State, please stop pounding your chest that you're the only team in the program with two power five wins. Your wins are against Rutgers and Oregon State. There's like 19 non-power five teams that would be 30-point favorites against those teams as well. <laughs> I don't know about 30 points. But, but yes, I, I do agree with you. Uh, you saw Eastern Michigan go on the road and beat Purdue this weekend. One of my gambling losses. I don't understand Jeff Brom. I don't. I can't figure that out. But I'm. I'm with you on that. So you're a proponent of power five teams play all power five teams. 
Yeah, but even then, you can find enough garbage Power 5 teams to fill your crowd. You can play the games. I'm not upset about playing the games. Nick Saban came out and yelled at Alabama fans for leaving the thing. I would not give you my business. At least they showed up for the first quarter. Yeah. I'm not showing up, and I'm telling everybody else, don't show up for these. Don't give them your business. And when the athletic director calls the big boosters and the big season ticket holders and say, why are you not showing up, saying, don't schedule this garbage. Yeah. And I'll show up. Yeah. But don't give them your business. I don't want to talk about games. There are so few games in college football anyway. The fact that a few upsets actually happen doesn't justify the 80 other games that are crap. Well, the other side of this is those games from the big boys do fund athletic programs. There's enough money in the NCAA to make sure you can still fund those programs without having to pay those teams to play them. I mean, it, look, if there's Akron, enough money Akron right now, right now, schools seven million right now to play schools at Nebraska. Are, they should be able to get that anyway. Right now, because schools have so much money and so little things to spend money on because you can't pay the talent, then they are building monstrosities and just huge monuments. Why don't they take the six hundred million dollars instead of paying these high school teams to come in and kick the crap out of them? Why don't they just just somehow funnel it out to these smaller programs. I'm, it's well, a lot easier said than done yeah. than, than, than you're making it out to be. This is not complicated at all. I'm with you. I, Those programs can absolutely still exist. Unless the NCAA does something to curtail like the TV contracts and stuff like that. Like If the TV contracts had to go through the NCAA as opposed to the conferences... No, it but they can just easy. tax them. They just, they're just going to tax the big boy schools to make sure they can give it to the little schools. That's it. It's exactly we, what our government does. We should come up with uh, with some kind of proposal for that. Because like well, right my now, pro- it, my proposal would be to disband the NCAA completely, start a whole new conference. Well, if you do that, I mean that's you're opening up a whole new can of worms. I don't care because it's going to be Power Five against whatever. Power Five, big yeah. boys against big boys, medium boys against medium boys, which would be much more entertaining. Boys. Much more entertaining. Yeah, I'm down with it. Number four for me, and we. We've been rolling uh, uh, here, but we we got to start uh, picking it up. Georgia dominated South Carolina. Look, I said on the SEC East preview that if Georgia came out and and completely dominated this game, that I would apologize. Georgia fans, I was dead wrong. I am sorry. They don't need your I don't, apology. I understand Gary. that, but it's I told them okay. I would do it. It's not enough to be good. It's not I am enough a, to be better than everybody else. I am a man of my word. You also need other people to grovel at your feet, too. That's bull crap. <laughs> That's bull crap. Look, Georgia looked absolutely all of a top five team yesterday. They look good. The, the initial, like, okay, the interception return to start off the game was not Jake Bentley's fault. Nope. Just bounced right up off the hands. Stone hands running back. And Just then immediately returned. And and from there, you could feel the crowd deflated, right? Yeah. And as soon as that happens, then Georgia gets the ball back. They come out. They score again. It's 14 to nothing. And then something magical happened. Debo threw a touchdown pass, which was everybody's back to life. Everything's good. And then Georgia comes out in the third quarter and scores 21 unanswered. Yeah. And it is a bloodbath. Um, I mean, it, look, South Carolina needed to be able to at least kind of maintain the line of scrimmage a little bit. I mean, they ran for 54 yards. Georgia ran for 271. 
That just continues what has happened the last two years. Since Kirby Smart has gotten to Georgia, they have outrushed South Carolina like 900 yards to 150. Yeah, the talent gap is massive. I understand between the that, offensive like, line and the running backs. But so, that's, that's why South Carolina had changed their offense to this. Like, it's a different type of offense under Brian McClendon. And they still could not find a way to get the ball into space or, or anything else. Georgia's without question one of the top one, two, or three teams in the country. Yeah. It's not debatable. It's not something we can argue or discuss. They, they've made that claim. And no one can take it away from them. That's that. Yeah. South Carolina, I thought, was going to be better this year. They're the same old South Carolina. There's there's nothing else to talk about. This is a blowout game that wasn't interesting after the halftime. It just wasn't. Yeah. It was time to move on. Which what, what down are we on? What what, what we are on are we to on? number uh number five. Number five. My number five takeaway from this weekend <laughs> is gambling is a sin. <laughs> and like all sins, it's a lot of fun sometimes. And and but but mostly it's just gonna leave you full of Shame and regret, possibly needing <laughs> a Z-Pack or it's touch of penicillin. I, I went, I went one in six in my gambling picks. I, I looked back. I, by the way, I that lost. is the worst that you have ever done in three years of us doing yeah, this. I know that's the worst you've ever been. I, I lost um, more real money that matters to me than I, I have ever in a single day. Now you did win last week. No, no, I did fine last week. I actually made a lot of money last week. Yeah, but so that it doesn't, doesn't make this that doesn't make this week feel any better. I understand. Though. It just understand. doesn't. I've already spent that money. That money's gone, <laughs> and this money is gone as well. And it's just gone. This and isn't your. Never you don't have a gambling back. pot. You oh, don't have a. Oh, I live. The, we're all day to day, Gary. Have yeah, you seen no, the way right. I look? You've seen the way I take care of myself. <laughs> no, I don't live for the week after. We're all day to day. No. No, I could kill over tomorrow. Just cash in and blow it off. I make more money next week, and I'll spend it next week. There you go. Uh, Leave the kids nothing. Number six, have have we done the the AAC? Do you want that one? No, you can do it. We're going to both have the – we can both talk about it. Do it. Okay, let's do it. The AAC, they are making a power six statement again. South Florida 49, Georgia Tech 38, Houston 45, Arizona 18 – did you watch the South Florida Georgia Tech game? Yes. Now that I watched a lot. What of. the hell was Paul Johnson thinking when when South Florida goes up forty two to thirty eight? They get the ball back with like five minutes left. Like there's plenty of time. He's got three timeouts and five minutes. They have run at that point for four hundred and sixteen yards. They've only passed for a hundred. We know that their quarterback is a career less than 50% completion percentage guy and he drops back to pass three straight times which in turn costs him another tu- or another touchdown if if you are going to apologize to anyone on this show your apology needs to be to Charlie Strong for the lack of respect that you have given that man over the years and I have stood <laughs> by him I want you to know Charlie if you listen to this or see it or get it sent to you that I've supported you. I think you're a top-tier level coach. I I don't care that you lost a ton of talent and you're bringing in all new guys that nobody's ever heard. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He is a great coach. Not a good coach. He is a great coach. He he will not be outcoached in a single game that he plays this year. There will be nobody on the other side that he will line up against that's better than him. 
the whole season. South Florida is really good at football. Blake Barnett looks like and Blake Barnett a baller. finally found a home, and he's been trying to tell everybody, tried to tell Alabama, I'm good at football. He tried to tell Arizona, I'm good at no, football. Arizona State, Arizona State. Yeah. I, I, I do that all the time. It's all good. Just, and we'll, we'll get to Arizona in a yeah. little bit. But. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then finally, Charlie's like, I think this kid might be good at football. I'm going to let him play. I'm actually going to let him play football. Yeah. And then he goes out and, does, and he goes out and he like, looks great. Holy crap! Looks great. My my only tweak on what you had to say about the power this may be making another no. They are a power six. There is a power six. It needs to be talked about. They need to be given the respect and the credit they deserve from top to bottom. This conference is better than the Big Twelve. It's better than the Pac twelve, and it's better than the ACC. It just is. Now no. Clemson is better. Yes, Clemson is going to be probably better than the top guy. And Oklahoma is probably better than the top guy. After that, everything's a question mark. And the yeah. AAC might be favored in all of those games. It's it's possible. It's very possible. That's real. They need to talk the, about it. Need to get the respect. Let's move on uh, to, uh, to the next one. What is this? Uh, it's seven. We're living in bizarro world in the state of Arizona. <laughs> That was one thing I wanted to bring up that Khalil Tate I, I yesterday I against Houston had seven runs for eight yards. I cannot, I cannot figure out what is going on in the state of Arizona. I thought Kevin Sumlin was a good coach. I thought Khalil Tate was a transcendent quarterback, and I thought they were going to maybe not win, but at least compete in the Pac-12 and and be like a school we could talk about and exciting to watch. I also thought. Arizona State and Herm Edwards was old man football and not going to be. Very hey, they good. might still be old man football. Like and, that is that is still I, old man football. And I cannot and I cannot figure out for the life of me how one team beat a team that I absolutely respect and and think is good and well coached and well prepared in Michigan State, and the other team got blown out by Major Applewhite. <laughs> is hang on a group of five team. Maybe like yeah. the fourth or fifth fifth best team in the group of five teams. Oh yeah, and they smoked them. They housed them, and at no point in time did Arizona have a chance. From the time the kickoff started, and it was zero zero, about thirty seconds went before Arizona said, "We have no chance of winning this game." You know what? What's what's really funny to me? The announcers in that game. And by the way, I've got three to four games on at all times, so I'm like, I'm just trying to. But see what why? I can see. There aren't three or four good games. I understand, but I'm trying to at least see. Just a waste of time. No, I'm just looking at my like with my eyeballs at, at what's going on. That way, I can I can keep having five and two weeks, right? Uh, okay. So all right, sure. Um, Hard so to argue with no, that. The, the deal here is they kept talking about oh, it's it's just it's a hundred degrees and on the field it's registering hundred and eighteen or whatever it was, and I'm. They're talking about it like it's an advantage for Houston. And I'm like, Arizona is hot, too. No, but no, I would say, okay, I'm not, this is not an excuse. I didn't bring it up as an excuse, but there's a way difference between Arizona heat and Houston heat. Well, they were using the Hume, Arizona heat last night Hume, as Hume, as an Hume, excuse for Michigan State. Yeah, but the one one team, I understand is a, that one you, team is a cold weather team and the other team is not. Yeah. One team has never lived in humidity before in the history of their life. And then they come to one of the most humid places on earth. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, you got a point. You I mean, point. so that that I'm going to give the announcers. Listen, they're trying to make something interesting in a 
blowout game. Yeah. That, that is a job. Announcing college football is something there's no way I'd want to do because you might go your entire year and not get a good game. Oh, that would just suck, wouldn't it? But how many of these guys are going to do that? No, you're right. Yeah, They're well, just no, going to get all hey, blowouts. Joe Tessitore, he never had a problem. <laughs> Uh, the test effect was uh, was real. What do you got? Uh, next one up, Stanford and Bryce Love. They got things rolling. 17-3 over USC. I told you last week. St- look, Bryce Love averaged like 7.1 yards a carry against USC in both games last year. Last night, 22 rushes, 136 yards, one touchdown. David Shaw is now 8-4 and four against USC in the last 10 years. Uh Look, that's the fewest points that USC has scored against Stanford since 1941. It's not good. 1941. Now, look, here's the deal. Total yardage, about even. Rushing yardage, about even. USC had three turnovers. And KJ Costello looked way more like he belonged in that game as opposed to JT Daniels. Way more. KJ Costello ended uh, 16 out of 27, 183 yards, one touchdown. Didn't need to do anything crazy. 17-3. to three. Stanford looks good. What number are we on? Uh, man, I don't even know. That was uh, that was eight. Eight. So we got so nine, I got nine. 10, 11. All right. I got two more. All right. Willie Taggart might want to find something else to do in this life other than coach football. I don't know what happened with them last night. Like, I don't know if he would be a good, like, electrician or – What's it? Here's the thing. Insurance. He is the I mean, second highest he, against he might, the spread percentage. He might coach. be like a great like registered nurse. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, you know. I think, I think you were right football? about that culture problem down at Florida State. You were dead on on that. It's bad because like they don't get up for games that they. Okay. It's bad. It's obviously they have talent there, right? But it, it's the same thing that that's going on at Texas right now. Like, I really think Florida State and Texas are very similar. Maybe. Because Texas ran into an issue with Tulsa last night. They won 28-21. to Did not look good. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, that was that was a little bit, little bit crazy. Uh, all right, my next one up. Man, there's so many that we need to get to. Uh, there's not. There's not. You get one more. Okay. Let's talk about... Will North Carolina's Larry Fedora survive this season? No. That was quick. He, look, I brought up a few months ago about his CTE talk and how that might be a, a problem. Eh. Like, now he opens the season with losses at Cal and at East Carolina. 41-19, to 19, he gets beat by East Carolina. His next four games, Central Florida. Going to lose that one. Pittsburgh. At Miami. And Virginia Tech. That's 0-6 out the gate. Now, the back half of the schedule is a little easier, but, like... I don't know. Look, if he gets fired, it will have nothing to do with the CTE talk, and it will have everything to do with the fact that... East Carolina lost good. last week to I North know. Carolina A&T. I know. I know. So, no. No, he's not going to last good the season. Gracious. He's going to be fired. Oh, I got two to choose from. I'm, I'm, we'll go with this. We talked about this a little bit last week, and then I'll just say this. There is no greater improvement. Every coach throughout college football, pro football, everything has always said this. There's no greater improvement improvement a team can do throughout the season, beginning of the season, or anything other than between week one and two. Nebraska need it 
that week one game that they lost. That was one of the things that I had down here. They absolutely uh, needed that game, and it well, showed. Here's the thing. They, they, made, they made clock management decisions That's that were one bad. of the points I was going to make. But, but it's not – I don't think that he's just bad at clock management, though. I think that this is a situation where you need to run through game scenarios. You need to actually play a game from start to finish. You need to see what communication is like on your sideline. You need to know – everybody just needs to be able to do it. Even if it's against a high school team, even if it is kicking the crap out of somebody, it, you need to run through it so you can go through all these drills that are a part of a game. Not having that is an absolute disadvantage. Yeah. Which I could tie into my other one. We'll make this all in one. Mother Nature is the absolute equalizer in football. That's uh, That Navy-Memphis game, it, it absolutely Cost equalized things. an amount of money that I'm yeah. not – willing to talk about well let's here let's do the extra points real quick kansas snapped oh. a 46 game losing streak 31 to 7 at or 46 game road losing streak dated back to 2009 uh they beat central michigan 31 to 7 iowa's defense is suffocating we didn't talk about that um but they beat iowa state 13 to 3 mississippi state smoked kansas state um let's see what was the last one? oh apparently jalen hurts is not redshirting so, he went 7 out of 9 for 92 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Looked really good. Uh, it, was, it was fun to see him and Tua hugging it out, congratulating each other and all that. Things look good in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah, but Nebraska with Adrian Martinez, this is ties into your thing. With him, they can win 7 to 8 games. Without him, they are like a four-win football team. That kid was unreal. His stats yesterday, 15 out of 20 for 187 yards passing, one, uh, one touchdown, one pick, 15 rushes, 117 yards, and two touchdowns. And then he leaves the game, and they the clock management goes haywire. They, they've only got a walk-on sophomore backup quarterback. That's the only other quarterback on the roster. Like hey, we, we had paid attention to it where, like, every time – Kids were getting beat out at Nebraska. They were transferring, and Nebraska was letting them out of their out of their scholarship. They were letting them go, which is what you're supposed to do. But man, like that leaves them in a very serious situation because no, if but this Scott kid, Frost will get people that can stay eventually. Yeah, eventually. You, you can't speak for what the other coaches were doing recruiting wise. Uh, understandable, understandable. But yeah, it was uh it was a crazy weekend. Um, we talked about Arizona State. But that the way that game ended last night, yeah, bonkers, absolutely bonkers. You didn't stay up for it, but it was like one thirty in the morning Central Time. So of course it was like what two thirty East Coast. Kneeling three straight times to end the college football game, to to kick a field goal with three seconds left. I don't know of many college coaches that would do that. And Herm Edwards, he he trusts his players, but to watch. Mark D'Antonio on the sideline. There's nothing wrong with that. I think no, there's nothing wrong the with right it. coaching move. There's a hundred percent. But we talked about it being old man football, all that kind of stuff. No, I don't know if that's old man football. That is straight that's, up NFL football. Well, it's winning a game. It is winning. They, they a don't game. care about anything but winning the game. Yeah, and that's he did what he was supposed to. Arizona State might be a contender in that Pac-12, man. They could be. They look. They held Michigan State to sixty-three yards rushing. I didn't. I didn't see that before the season started. And neither I did I. Didn't, I missed it. Well, you, I brought it up last week. 
You remember I, I said they it was uh, UT San Antonio, nobody. but they it was thirty four rushes for two doesn't yards. Matter. Doesn't matter. The stats don't count, and it doesn't matter. You right. played well, a high school team. How about this against Michigan State? Now the stats matter. They gave up sixty three yards but that's, rushing. But that's it. the stats matter against Michigan State. They didn't matter the week before. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, the college football week two recap. <laughs> College football big game previews week number three is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can watch and wager on these games at any of Tunica's five, soon to be six, incredible sports books. I still I don't have a date on that yet. No, for Fitz, yeah, we need to get. But I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, the Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, and the sports book at the Fitz Casino. You can get more information over at tunicatravel.com. You can get our picks. At winningcureseverything.com. I don't know necessarily that you won them after last week uh, or the week before, actually. We're going to get this turned around. We're going to get this going in the right direction. Anyway, let's talk week three. Okay. Let's talk about two really good matchups. I'll give you that. I'll give you two really good matchups. And then three or maybe four or five that are like, Okay, like maybe something could happen. This, this is the flaw with college football. It's yeah, because you do have some dud weekends, and it's not that this is like a dud weekend. Oh, it's a complete dud weekend. There's there are good games here, like it, or at least interesting games. How's that? No, not. Because when I when I call this big game previews, I should really call it like maybe possibly slightly interesting previews. Right, <laughs> but now if sense? we're gonna do that, there's a game on the schedule that I'm actually interested in that literally would not be considered good or big. Let's talk about that one first. What is that one? I think Boston College going to Wake Forest is gonna be a, nope. like a fun, I got interesting it. game. I got it on here, and that's a Thursday night game. And I don't think anybody in the country cares about that game other than people, not even like North Carolina people, just just people in the small section of Wake Forest. And the people that care about BC football, which is not very many up in up in Boston. No, yeah, which is crazy because these are two actually pretty good teams. I think they're going to be fun. Anyway, let's talk about this first. Uh, so we are recording this on on Sunday morning. Like, Correct. So I went to sleep at two a.m. and then got in here at what like nine twenty. Bless them. What? Yeah, oh, I got, <laughs> I got in here at like nine twenty after going to sleep at two a.m. last night. And waking up three times with a baby. Making bad decisions in life. Well, I had to get this all my notes together. And so I'm t- we were trying to figure out what the big games are going to be because if BYU had beaten Cal, that would have been a big game. It would like, have been a BYU game. going to Wisconsin. But since they lost, then, uh, you know, it's I weird. mean, it would have been a game on the list. I don't know that, well, yeah, I I mean, don't know it, that it's a big game. It would have been more interesting than some of the ones that we We got. would have put it on our paper. There you go. Uh, first game that we'll talk about is LSU at Auburn. Uh, the metrics say that Auburn should be a seven and a half point favorite. The lines are not out yet on these, uh, but we'll talk about that gambling week. So whatever. Okay. Uh, the over under should be around forty. We think. I think. Uh, game Saturday, two thirty p.m. CBS Jordan or Jordan Hare Stadium. I almost said it wrong, man. In Auburn, Alabama. Since Gus Malzahn has arrived at Auburn in two thousand thirteen, the home team has won every game in this series. Yeah. There, wasn't there a – and I didn't go back into the research. Wasn't there a stretch where, like, the road team won every year for a little while? It went, yeah, before Gus. It, that was like Tuberville, right? Um, 
I mean, yeah, it, it went all the way to Tupperville, but I don't know that it stopped at Tupperville. I think Chiswick did the same thing. That's that's crazy. That's just nuts. Like where it just flips one year yeah. and then it's back to normal. Uh, both teams have nasty defenses. Both teams have a big non-conference neutral site win and a win against the high school team. LSU only had 335 yards of total offense against Southeast Louisiana. Uh, 40 of that was a Hail Mary. And only 296 against Miami. Will they come up with some game? Like, are they playing vanilla? Or will they have some kind of game plan for Auburn this week? Uh, last year, Auburn led 20 to nothing at the half in Baton Rouge. And LSU came back and won 27-23. That is a 27-3 second half. I expect that the under will probably hit this year. That's just a guess. Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet, if it's around the 40 mark, I don't think they're both scoring in the 20s. No. Um, I think these are two evenly matched teams. I don't know that we know a lot about them from this. We know nothing about them from this past weekend. All right. No. Nothing. Al- nothing Alabama State and Southeast Louisiana yeah. are don't, not. Don't count. Didn't matter. Didn't yeah. happen. Um, but the week before – you know, Miami Miami's pretty good defense. LSU's offense didn't look great, but they still ran the ball. They still ran the ball well. Um, they dominate the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, Burrow didn't have a great game, but he – he did well enough to win the game. He didn't cost yeah, them the game. Yeah, he didn't cost them the game, and that's the most important thing. This is thing. the biggest thing that LSU has done over the last couple of years is they don't turn the ball over. Yeah. And and it's so understated that they but don't Danny, turn Danny the Etling ball had over. Two interceptions. Two interceptions. They, turned, they had eight turnovers, fumbles, and interceptions on the whole season last year. Yeah. Um, that That's that's unbelievable. That's, that's the easiest way to win games. If you have more talent than somebody, then – you just find a way to not beat yourself. That's it. Don't Let the beat other yourself. team screw Correct. up. Auburn, I trust Auburn offensively a lot better. I think Auburn's defense is way better than Miami's. This game scares me. It is on the road for LSU. Jordan Air is a tough place to go play. And, by God, it is uh, uh, It's revenge. Oh, from last year? From last year. Well, listen, any – I called this last year. LSU should have been beat by two touchdowns. It looked like it was happening. You never count LSU out when the Mad Hatter's in the house. Dude, I, I remember us talking about this because I, I actually bet on Auburn. I know. And I told you. And <laughs> I told you. I told you. You told me I was crazy. I told you were crazy. I, I said, said Les Miles said, is being Auburn honored, is honored in that game for the national championship. You never, ever, ever bet against the Tigers. What was it? Was it in the house? Was it two weeks after they got beat by Troy? It was no. It was the week after they got beat by Troy. Was it the week after? No, it was no. Two, they went, to, they Florida. went to Florida. Yeah, yeah, it was two weeks after. That's right. Yeah, it was they two went to Florida, after. stomp Florida, and then they came home. I wouldn't call the Florida win a stomping. Stomp Florida. Seventeen stomping. to sixteen was not a stomping. <laughs> anyway. The guy that scares me in this game, Auburn is a man. These teams are exactly alike, except yeah. Auburn. Has a better quarterback? Quarterback, yes. Quarterback play. Jarrett Stidham is a legit quarterback. This is not a knock on on Burrow at all. Stidham is a really good quarterback. Oh, yeah. He might be one of the best in the SEC, one of the best in the country. I think he's going to be a a Um, top NFL draft guy. I do, too. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Makes unbelievable throws, plays, catches. Auburn's receivers are probably better than LSU's as well. We got open a lot during the Miami game. Really good passes thrown, hit in stride, and just bounced off hands. I think some of these guys are young. I think th- they're 
maybe they're finding their stride, but they had a lot of drops in that Miami game. You can't drop the football. Um, this game makes me nervous. This game makes me worried. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I can understand why. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a fun football game. No, this will definitely be a fun game. I mean, these teams have played three to six games before. And they were awesome to watch. Yeah. They were not. There's a lot of talent on the field. We'll just say that. Uh, Next up, Ohio State at TCU. And they say at. But, look, this is Saturday, 7 o'clock, ABC at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Look, Ohio State should be around a six, seven-point favorite. They'll probably be like a double-digit favorite because so many people bet on Ohio State. Uh, if the line is double digits, I'm probably going to go the other direction. Over-under on this should be around 57.5, according to the metrics. Bigger number. Uh, Both teams have played really weak teams. Ohio State's played Oregon State and Rutgers. TCU has played Southern and SMU. Uh, This is Ohio State's last game without Urban Meyer. So, cheers to you for for that. Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins has been absolutely incredible. He's 42 out of 53 on the year, 546 yards. Nine touchdowns, one interception. I understand. None of those stats, stats don't matter. matter. No, uh, no, no, no. Not stats don't matter. Those stats don't matter. Yes. None, none of the stats for TCU matter either. Here's something that, that matters to me. Ohio State gave up 196 rushing yards to Oregon State in week one. That that spells good things for TCU, I think. Uh, the question is, can TCU actually slow down Ohio State's offense? Like this is not like this is the most talented TCU team that they have ever had there. Ooh, I don't uh, know by, by the numbers, no, by the numbers, no. like well, just talking two weeks recruiting. In, rank- he played high no, school I'm, teams. I'm not talking about stats. I'm talking about recruiting rankings. That team that got left out of the national championship run, that was a really yeah, that was good a really team. talented team. But as far as recruiting rankings go, they've got four stars, like two, three deep at almost every position. This is the most talented on paper okay. that Gary Patterson has ever had, and they are still light years away from Ohio State. Like that's insane correct um but from there how much better would this game be if it was at uh amon g carter stadium in fort worth i don't know that it would be better like that place only holds fifty thousand, but jerry world is going to be about half ohio state fans well yeah no it's a i mean it's a neutral site game yeah which it's not supposed to be this is tech this is tcu's home game yeah i know they just moved it to a bigger venue so they could hold more people turned it into a money grab hold on if if they moved it to a venue where they could hold more people, but they're still only selling the same amount of visitor tickets, then yeah, it's absolutely going to be a home team for TCU, and it will be ruckus and it will be crazy, and Ohio State fans aren't getting in. If it is a neutral site game where half the tickets go to the Ohio State team and half the tickets go to the TCU team, we're having a different conversation. Well, now you've you've seen. Like a Notre Dame home game last year yeah, against but Georgia, but that's because Notre Dame doesn't. Sh- their fans but, just don't show up sometimes. But they open up those other tickets to like for a neutral site game. They open them up for everybody if they don't get sold. Okay, if TCU gets to control them like it's a TCU home game. Then they don't. They have to buy them on StubHub and 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 SeatGeek and all these other things, which they, Ohio they State will. fans are going to do. They're gonna show up. It won't be 50-50 if TCU got control of the tickets. I don't know the answer to that. What you got on this one? I like TCU a lot. I, I, I know that it's the wrong thing to do. I know that there's a, there's a top six teams in the, in, the, in, in the NFL. In college football <laughs> right now, I'm so ready for, for this afternoon to get started. 
Um, there's there's a top six that is just head and shoulders different and better than everybody else, and and Ohio State's one of them. Betting against them and picking against them is not smart, but I don't care. I think I think Gary Patterson's a better coach than what'll be on the field. I know they don't have the talent, not even close. Um, the fact that Urban Meyer's not there is so it's such a farce to say he's suspended for three weeks when he really gets to he coach, put in the game plan. He gets to coach the team the entire week. He just can't show up for the games. It's such a joke. Um, and, and, and to that point, Ohio State fans. You can be excited about your team. You can root and support your team in spite of all the crap that's going on. That's totally acceptable and fine. You do not get to consider yourselves a victim of something, okay? So just stop that it's us against the world and we have been wronged thing. That is garbage. I'm with you. I'm going to be pulling hard for TCU. I love TCU anyway. You know that. I root for him every week. I always bet on Gary Patterson. He's he's one of my – he might be – him and Leach are up there as top two favorite coaches in all of college sports. And well, uh, you did With Charlie Strong a close third, right? <laughs> uh, I like Charlie. He's not – he's not – I don't have man crush love like I do with Leach and – And Gary Patterson. I just respect Strong and you don't, and that's the difference. Um, <laughs> shots, just keep throwing them. Um, I, I am like you. I – would like for TCU to win this game. I think it would kind of turn college football on its head a little bit. We need something interesting to happen. Chalk is boring. It yeah. just is. That's you are allergic to chalk. Absolutely, it's garbage. Um, it's just a. Just but but just like Georgia last week, like picking against a team that is this talented, very difficult to do. Dwayne Haskins is otherworld throwing that football, man. Otherworld, but it it might be it might look different against TCU's defense. So we'll see. Let's move on to the next game. Boise State at Oklahoma State. Line should be Oklahoma State minus uh, seven. We'll say seven. The over-under will be over 70. Yeah, it'll be big. These teams will score massive amounts of points. Um, it's Saturday at 2.30 p.m., either on ABC or ESPN. It's at T. Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Boise is averaging 59 points a game against garbage competition. Oklahoma State is averaging 56.5 against garbage competition. Redshirt senior quarterback Taylor Cornelius has alleviated any problems that that Mason Rudolph may have left in his wake, right? There, there are no problems with the Oklahoma State offense. If you think Gundy is is relying or depending on one quarterback, you're just wrong and you yeah. haven't watched this man coach. Taylor Cornelius is 50 out of 75 on the year for 728 yards, six touchdowns, but three picks. And that's against... Garbage teams. I understand that those stats don't matter, whatever, but like you can't be turning the ball over against Boise State. Boise is the favorite to get the G5 spot on the New Year's Six Bowl thing. Uh, can a win here possibly get them into playoff contention? If we have a bunch of two-loss teams that are conference champions, whatever, is there any chance that we can get Boise State in there? No group of five team will be allowed in the playoff. I think you were probably right. It doesn't matter. The big boys will see to it that we never have a what, power what six. If, what if Oklahoma State doesn't goes and wins the Big 12? Doesn't matter. And they get, like, demolished at doesn't home matter. by Boise State. Clemson will have – if Clemson and Vatek run the table, the loser will get in of the championship. It, it's just Over gonna, Boise it's, State. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just going to happen. You're right. How you feel about this one? I There is a part of me that just – 
discredits and disrespects all the hype that Boise State's been getting just because it's Boise State and they're easy to talk up as the group of five. I think Gundy is a much, better much coach. better coach than Brian and I And I'm going to bet that the talent on Oklahoma State's team is far superior from top to bottom. I could be wrong, and I've lost a lot of picks. I'm I'm going to ride with the mullet until it's gone. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Oklahoma State here. Um, I mean, Boise on the road, this is their Super Bowl. They're going to be hyped up for this. But at the same time, Oklahoma State has basically been planning for this game the same amount of time. They hadn't played anybody. Yeah, they, have no, they have everything to prove in this game. Yes. Yeah. Because if you lose to Boise, the, the two high school teams you beat up on don't matter. Like, this this isn't an end-of-the-year bowl game like Auburn against Central Florida last year where one one team has all the motivation and the other doesn't. Oklahoma State still has the entire season. So you have to – you've got to come out and actually play. Like, right. that matters. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm rolling Ohio, or Oklahoma State here. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. It should be interesting. That over-under is going to be massive. It'll be a big number. It's going to be massive. Uh, so that's yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. If you like watching ping pong, ball's going to be going up and down the field the whole time. Number four, USC at Texas. USC should be about a point favorite according to the metrics. Whatever over under is forty five and a half. Around that, we'll see if these numbers are different whenever they come out. Saturday at seven p.m. on Fox, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin, Texas. Texas lost to Maryland. And USC lost at Stanford. Both teams struggled with weaker non-conference teams. Texas won over Tulsa 28-21 last night. And USC got dominated at Stanford. Um, uh, oh, USC uh, uh, beat who? UNLV? Yeah. The week before, they gave up 300 yards rushing. But I like you know. to think of this game. And not it won't happen after this game, obviously. I think this could be a loser-lease-town match. Yeah, yeah. I think the coach that loses this game could lose his job at the end of this season. At the you think that would be Tom, Tom Herman. Herman being fired if he puts up another seven and five season at Texas two years back. If he back? goes seven and five, he is in no danger because they they guaranteed that dude the moon. Okay, but if he goes. You don't think they got the if, money to buy that contract out? If he goes for they, they got all kind of money over there. I understand right. that. But look, at at some point they have to realize like we got a problem here and we need to let good coaches coach. I'm like that I, right. I think that, if Texas wins the game, you're not worried about that. Clay Helton. So the fact that the metrics say that USC is a one point favorite would make this a much more interesting game to me. And I understand that, that that one point, that line shouldn't matter. But look, Clay Helton is 1-9 and nine as an underdog against the spread. And uh, Tom Herman is not that much better. But Tom Herman as an underdog is hitting on like 85% his last... One point like, does not make an underdog, Gary. I'm with you. That's but just but I'm just I'm going from that Clay Helton is awesome as a favorite... So, I'm just saying, can JT Daniels improve on his performance against Stanford? Uh, look, they lost 17-3. to He was 16 out of 34, 215 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Is Texas's defense similar to Stanford? No, not close. They're not as good as Stanford's defense. I don't think so. Both defense uh, have given up multiple plays 
multiple huge plays this season already. How these games, how these teams, these programs have fallen from the greatest national championship game ever played to this. Yeah, it's it's pretty bonkers. I mean, it's, it's insane. That was not that long ago. That's what thirteen years ago. Uh, I don't. Thirteen it was, years it, ago. Was it thirteen years? It ago? was. It was two thousand five. Okay, God, that's a long time. That's Vince Young already been in the NFL and back out, CFL and back out. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, you don't no. think Texas fans are crazy enough to where if if he just has a terrible season, gone? Just, I mean, if just, he goes, we made a mistake. If he gone. goes like four and eight, maybe well, four and eight. Yeah. What if he goes five and seven? Five and seven. What's the I, line I of demarcation the for you? Oh, it's it's going to be at least three years. They gave Charlie three years. That and and in the last year he lost to Kansas. So like. You know, look, they paid this guy a lot of money. He I is, don't think money matters at all. I think winning matters. Winning does matter, but, like, you can't fire a guy after two years. I think That's you just, can absolutely fire somebody after two years. Well, I mean, if the donations stop coming in, all that kind of – like, if it is hitting you in the pocketbook, that's when it starts to matter. I'm not saying they should, by the way. I just I just know how rabid college football fans Oh, USC think. fans will go nuts. And they're not even as rabid as – No, as they're not close to Texas, Texas fans. But – there will be people calling for Clay Helton. There were people calling for Clay Helton's job. Last his night. his first no, his oh, yeah. first season. You remember he went one and three against like three top fifteen teams. Yeah. Didn't have an experienced quarterback, didn't have an experienced team, and then all of a sudden reels off nine straight wins or whatever to end the season. Like and won a Rose Bowl. And then last year he wins a Pac twelve championship. I think both of them are safe for a little while. I think both of them are safe at least two more years after this. But I, I've seen crazier things happen. I saw Lane Kiffin left on the tarmac at LAX. So, like, you know, I know what's up. I know what's happening. Number five, West Virginia at NC State. NC State should be about a seven-point favorite, which will surprise a lot of people. I think West Virginia, actually, Vegas lines, is going to be favored in this game because there's so much hype around them, right? Over-under should be like 63 and a half. Neither team can stop anybody, which is crazy to think of for NC State. NC State they, had a defense. I don't know they, what happened to it. They had a defense. Well, they all got drafted. Oh, they, that, that entire yeah, defensive line got right. drafted. Yeah, they all did go. Uh, Saturday at 2.30 p.m., ABC or ESPN, whichever one the Boise State game is not on, Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. West Virginia has wins over Tennessee and Youngstown State. North Carolina State has wins over James Madison and Georgia State. Who freaking cares? Will Greer is the number two on the Heisman favorite list. He's 46 out of 60, 761 yards, nine touchdowns, one pick. NC State is relying on quarterback Ryan Finley a lot. A lot this year. But he's looked good. He I has, mean, I no, know they've he, played nobody. He has looked good, but it, even though they've played nobody, they had 83 total rushing yards against James Madison and only 115 yesterday against Georgia State. Yeah, Both just of those games at home. That's what... Well, there's a lot of attempts. The yards per attempt, though, is, I mean, it's like three or, that, or less. But they've gone to, have you watched any of these games, though? Like, yeah. they're going to these short screen passes. Yeah, yeah. It, they're, dri- they're it drives that. me insane. I mean, South Florida does the same thing. Like, that's their running game, though. Oh, like, yeah. They no, don't no, no, run the football, but they just throw it out to the sidelines. Well, the reason they do that is because they cannot dominate the That's line. Of they don't have the offensive line. No, it's yeah. not a it's not a bad which is, thing. Which to is do. what you were talking about. Who were we talking about? Uh 
Oh, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, like, you find a way to move yeah, you around. Find, you've got to find a way to – when you don't have the dudes to do something, you've got to do something different. Yeah. You are correct about so. that. Uh, West Virginia is 6-3 and three in true road games the last two seasons. Uh, NC St- Why did I do different years on this? NC State is 12-7 and seven at home the last three years. I don't know why I did three and two. Trying to, trying to make the stats say what you want them to say. I guess. It, it, look, I this is know. what happens. This know. was the last thing I took so notes what on at, at, two, in the morning? at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the other thing about this, you heard about the, uh, what is it, Hurricane Florence? Yeah. It's supposed to hit the East Coast it's supposed on, to, like, I, Thursday. It's supposed to rain like crazy on Friday. And then there's still going to be storms. And, like, they're expecting two inches of rain on Saturday in Raleigh, North Carolina. You remember the Notre Dame hurricane game back in, uh, what was it, 2016? That was like 10 to 3, and you just see people out playing football in like a lake. That might be what this game is like. I There is such a part of me that wishes they would figure out a way to just pack these guys up, fly them somewhere out west to play this game. Or put it in a in a dome. Here's This is my problem with college football. Like Riley's not, not too thing. far from Charlotte. I actually right? have no problem with them playing it in the lake, and I actually think it's kind of fun and entertaining to talk about, but... In this game that we play, every game matters. And so now a game that's played in a typhoon is going <laughs> to matter? It's going to matter. Yeah. That's just such a stupid thing to, to, to build your concept on is because this game is played the way it's played, it, it matters. It, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. I think they should still play it. I think it would be fun to watch. I think it's good for oh, the it'll sport be, and yeah, it's going to be, be entertaining. But at the end of the day, if we're trying to say neither team is built for it, by the one, way, one of these teams loses this game. But let's say something crazy happens, and that's the only loss on their schedule. We're going to leave them out because they're not one of the blue bloods. They're not one of the big boys. They don't belong to the party. <laughs> and they lost and to they, NC State or West lost, Virginia. And they lost a game that shouldn't have been played in the situation that it was played in. Yeah. Now, now this storm could move. It could be different. This is what the forecast is saying but, um, on Sunday for Saturday, and we know we know how legit those things are. Oh man, I, the yeah. predictability rating is not exactly no, great. Just, but this you, this you could just wait be until game time and see what this happens. could be interesting. Uh, the honorable mention. Oh, it, what, what would you take on this? NC State, West Virginia. I think I'd take West Virginia. I I don't. I'd probably take the home team. I'd go with NC State. That's it. West Virginia wins this game. They're looking at probably seven and zero before they're very rough interested. In the line and what Vegas will come out as. Yeah, because there's a lot of hype behind West Virginia's offense. Um, let's talk about honorable mention games real quick. Alabama at Ole Miss, 6 p.m. on ESPN. You told me last night that's going to be like a 40-point blowout. The the good teams playing mediocre teams is not anything to watch. We watched it with South Carolina, Gary. No, you're right. Even going on the road. Th- there's Ole Miss, no reason to talk about it. Ole Miss's offense does present It problems. presents nothing. But, Nothing. but this you're is right. just all hype and smoke. And Washington at Utah, 9 p.m. on that ESPN. That game is interesting. That game I'm in on. All right. T- tell me. Going to Utah is not an easy thing to do since they've come into the Pac-12. It's the last three years that has been one possession games. They have dominated at home. Yeah. Big no, boy right. teams, they're scared of nobody when you play them in Utah. Vandy at Notre Dame at 1.30 on NBC. Can't just can't do it. I can't muster up fake excitement. Here's the deal, though. 
Notre Dame, you know, they beat Michigan, and it's this, oh, my God, Notre Dame's back, right? And then all of a sudden, Ball State comes to town, and they lose 24-16. to Like, Notre Dame does not look great. Brandon Wimbush throws three picks and no, no touchdowns. He threw for 297 yards, but three picks. Uh, they were 35-point favorites in this game. I think everything is fine. That's it. You're probably right. I think they're running different offenses. I think they're trying things. I think they tell the quarterback, "Hey, take some chances because we got this." Do you think? Vandy, See what you can do. Do you think Vandy has any chance in this game? No. I think you probably are right. No. And then finally, what we talked about before: Boston College at Wake Forest. I can't believe Thursday, you wrote that down. That's a Thursday, game that I'm going to make sure that I'm watching. That's oh, yeah. a game that I'm excited about. Six thirty p.m. on ESPN. Uh, yeah, no, it's, look, two teams that are 2-0. and oh. Wake Forest has an offense with Dave Clawson that right. is awesome. And, and Steve Adazio has a great one at, at Boston College. Well, and, and Boston College's defense, man, that, that, that's, yeah. those guys can play. They this come is, to play. That's a physical team. This is going to be an interesting game. I'm really glad just, they get some primetime TV coverage. Just from a, a schematic point, right? Like, yeah. we don't know what – one of these – both of these were trendy picks to be like, ah, you know, one of these could end up like nine and three this year. Yeah. Well, this game kind of determines which one is actually going to be able to hit that. So, yeah, this is Thursday night football this week on, on ESPN is it's, going to be good. It's really good. So it's it. The metrics say, by the way, Boston that College? no, both of these teams. Well, it it says Wake Forest. Does it really? It says Wake Forest by like three. Okay. But both of these teams are top. 30 teams. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's why I was interested in this game. That's why I yeah. wanted to talk about them. It's a, it's not big names, but by God, it's a... It's a it's going to be a good game to watch. Yes, it is. Because college football doesn't have a lot of those. You are, you we, are dead right about that. They got a lot of teams that are big and have big fan bases. Then they have some games that are not big fan bases, but they're way more fun to watch. You like Boston College in this one? I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I don't know. I, I need to see what the line is. Yeah, because it, it says it says Wake Forest. Well, because you know I'm Wake flying, about three. I'm flying to Boston Friday. If this game was the Thursday night game in, in Boston. Boston, I would have flown out Thursday. Yeah, I'd but since it is at Wake Forest, I mean, you could I'd have gone. You could fly out to uh, Winston Salem. I'm not. I'm not getting two plane tickets. God, <laughs> costs so much to fly. I'm not getting two plane tickets. I, uh, I but I would have flown out a day early, and I would have stayed another night in Boston, and I would have gone to this game. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we're we're doing the show from Boston and from South Alabama next week. This ought to be a lot of fun. Maybe. So we'll we'll see what we'll happens. See how with it that. works. Yeah, we'll we'll try it. No, we'll get it. We, dude, we can do Facebook if we have to. We just turn Facebook into YouTube. We'll figure it out. Either way, we're giving you all the information that you need to know to be a winner. Now you head over to Tunica. Go to Tunica, Mississippi. Get some action down on your favorite plays this week. As always, you can visit tunicatravel.com to get the picks and the previews and all that mess. Go to winningcureseverything.com. We will see you guys next week. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. 
That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.